This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the place to stay updated and educated. Hello and welcome to Tech Guide, episode 377. Great to have your company once again. My name is Stephen Fennec. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, you've heard about donating money. How about donating data? Opta starts a new charity initiative. Speaking of data, the NBN has reeled we are using a lot more of it this year, and the stats will surprise and amuse you. KO Sports, uh, the streaming sports service, has celebrated its first birthday, and we'll be chatting with CEO Julian Ogren. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to take a look at the Bowers and Wilkins PX7 noise-cancelling headphones. Samsung has launched a new Galaxy A90 5G smartphone, and Epson has released six new EcoTank printers. And we'll answer all your tech questions in the Tech Guide Help Desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that keeps you connected, and Norton, the company that keeps you protected. Have you heard that term, hey brother, can you spare a dime? Well... That's now changed in 2019 to, hey, brother, can you spare some data? This is a new charity initiative called Donate Your Data, which Optus has launched in association with the Smith family and the KARI, the Kari Foundation. Also, Optus providing free SIM cards for young Australians who are living in poverty. Now, what the free data allows them to do is to access the internet and the same resources that everyone else does. So it uh, allows them to improve their education, to seek opportunities like job job opportunities, uh, and just basically to get the same advantages through communication and information that uh, everyone else does. So it, it's unfortunate that Young Australians who are living in poverty are denied those opportunities. These people can't afford internet connections and mobile phones and plans and what have you. So uh, hence the reason why this idea to donate data rather than money, you can still donate money if you want to, but in, the, in this instance it, it really gives the children, these children living in poverty that, that's something that they'd, they'd love to have, but that until now couldn't afford. So it's an interesting new initiative here where it is, it, it's kind of like donating money, so they don't have to pay for their own data. So what happens, Optus gives them a free SIM card with unlimited talk and text and 10 gigabytes of data for use in Australia. Now that 10 gig is the data that is, have donated through the customers. So if you're a, if you're an Optus prepaid customer, prepaid mobile customer, as well as a postpaid customer, you can donate some of your data. Uh, if you're on a, a, a compatible plan, you can donate some of your data through the My Optus app. So you can choose how much you want to donate. You might want to just donate a little bit. You might donate a lot. You might find that you've got a lot of monthly data that you don't use. And you might want to hand some of it over. Now, at the moment, there are more than 1,300 students in the Smith Family's Learning for Life program, as well as others from the Kari Foundation. And they're the people who are going to benefit from this Optus Donate Your Data initiative. 
So they'll be able to access the internet. So they can it, it assists with their learning. It can also help them apply for jobs, uh, email employers, as well as help them access communication and information that we all take for granted because we can simply look on our phone or on our home computers. Uh, but these poor children, uh, they, they don't have that luxury. So it's, it's hard to believe we're talking about data as a luxury, but that is the reality today. And now with this initiative, it's going to allow these people, these uh, poor people to access the data or access the internet through the data. So if you are an Optus customer, Optus postpaid, Optus prepaid mobile customer, you can start donating today. So go to the My Optus app to register. That's just doing your bit. We can all spare a little bit of data, I guess. Like I, I, I use, I'm not an Optus customer, I'm a Vodafone customer, but I, uh, I use just a fraction of my plan. I think I've got 80 gigabytes of data per month. And I probably at best would use maybe 30 if, if that's a pretty heavy, heavy month. But um, you guys, I'm sure Optus customers out there who have a, a ton of data that you see roll over at the end of each month, maybe think about donating a little to this initiative. The Optus Donate Your Data Initiative. If you want to see all the details and maybe get involved, you can find out how to do that at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. Well, data is the buzzword for the show so far. We are surrounded by it. We were talking about mobile data earlier. Well, now let's talk about NBN data. And the number of people on the NBN is now uh, increased significantly in the past year. And the amount of data we've used in the past year has also increased not by a little bit either, by a lot. It's increased by almost 25%. So it's a quarter more data we're using since last year. And the NBN, this is data, this is according to their data consumption records, so they can see what we're doing or how much data we're consuming, not exactly what we're doing, but uh, consuming. The average Australian now consumes 285 gigabytes of data per month. That equates to 367 hours of video calls in the same period. So we're, we're using either data to stream our video content or to make video calls or watching YouTube. What else? It's also video streaming. But that's pretty impressive. 285 gig of data per month. That's the average Australian. Now, I'm pretty sure that's the average Australian household because we do watch Netflix together and we do a lot of these things together. Uh, so the the insights show Australians though we love our content there was more than 1.35 billion gigabytes of data consumed across the whole country in June this year alone 1.35 billion gigabytes wow that is a lot so that's the equivalent those David Attenborough fans out there. So that's the equivalent of watching the David Attenborough Planet Earth documentary, brilliant documentary. You can watch that in high definition. It's the equivalent of watching it in high definition 30.6 million times. So it, look, it's no surprise that video streaming is dominating our data consumption. In fact, for the very first time, it has now become our pop, most popular online habit. So we use more data now streaming video than the second 
most popular online habit, which is web browsing. That's now in second place after streaming. We've come a long way. Now, New South Wales consumed the most data. That's the Australian state here. Consumed the most data and saw the largest year-on-year increase. So New South Wales users on the NBN, customers on the NBN, they jumped 31.2%. 25% is the average across the whole country. Uh, Queensland were also the hungriest for data with uh, the average Queenslander using 274 gig of data a month. The And here's a stat I love. The hungriest customer is also a Queenslander and this person or household consumed... 26,807 gigabytes in June 2019 alone. That's a lot of streaming. That is around-the-clock streaming or they're downloading, they're doing something there. That's a lot of downloads. That's a lot of streaming, a lot of data. Isn't it good they don't have to pay per gigabyte? Wow, they'd be up for a, a massive bill there. Holiday periods naturally accounted for data jumps. So we, we consume more, obviously, holiday periods like January and April. So January, Christmas holidays, still school holidays. April, the Easter holidays, they're the busiest. And the busiest days. Now, this is interesting too. What do you think the busiest days are? I would have said Saturday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the busiest days for consuming data because we're all, we're all Netflix and chilling and standing and Disney Plusing and Apple TVing and all those things. But apparently Wednesdays and Sundays were the busiest days on the NBN. So what do I know? Wednesdays and Sundays. Wednesdays, are interesting. Middle of the week, sort of the uh, hump day is a popular day on the NBN as well. But here are some other little insights. Uh, the T- Tasmanians were the least data hungry, apparently. 231 gig per end user in the month. Uh, we saw New South Wales obviously had the biggest increase. We've said that already. Uh, total data usage, 1.35 EBs. That, that's probably gigabytes to the 10th power. That's a lot of data. So for those for those on the NBN, I know there are some of you that aren't really happy with your service. And with the amount of data that we're consuming, hopefully that's going to increase. There, there was news earlier this week of the NBN changing their CVC, the Connectivity Virtual Circuit. So that's kind of the basically the traffic cop of the NBN. And what they're doing is the they're deploying the CVC rather than it only working per point of interconnection. So in, in each area that, that we live, there's a point of interconnection where the NBN comes to a point. So rather than it dealing on a, on a, a point POI basis per POI basis it's now going to operate at a national level and and the NBN says this will result in improved speed so speeds closer to what were what the what the plans say so if you're on 100 down it'll be closer to 100 rather than being 90 or 89 or 92 it'll be closer to the 100 and also upload speeds work in the same way so rather than being 40 up you I normally get 36 up it'll be closer to that to that speed as well and also, there's talk that they're going to cut the wholesale price, which is the price that the NBN sells to the retail service providers, so your internet service providers, the old term. So you, we may even see between 5 and 10 bucks savings there per month as well in, in 2020. So good news all around, but look, 
without everyone is eventually going to be connected to the NBN. Twenty twenty is supposed to be when it's all said and done, and everyone's connected, and we are using a lot of data. And who do, back in in two thousand and seven when we first were talking about the NBN and and what it's going to do and what it what it's capable of, I don't think anyone in two thousand and seven that there was a lot of talk about oh yeah you'll be able to download a movie in three seconds that's great. But there wasn't many people thinking about the streaming services that are going to be part of our lives. No one, no one thought of Netflix or, or Stan or Disney Plus, Apple TV Plus, KO Sports, all these streaming services that are, are now part of our everyday lives. And having that consistent data access, but also the unlimited amount of data that we can, that we can consume, uh, as most NBN plans now include, that that's also uh, come, we've come a long way, and and I don't think anyone it dawned on many people back in '07 when the NBN was first sketched out on a coaster or whoever <laughs> whoever you want to think that was drawn up, but no one was thinking that yes, it's going to overtake our browsing as our online habit. Well, now the NBN hopefully and thankfully was, is handling it and will handle it. Uh, there is also 5G, of course, that can that can do that now. We're seeing Optus have already deployed 5G for the home. So look, wherever you're accessing your data, it's we're using a lot of it, and the NBN uh, is supplying most of it, and will continue to do so, uh, and in a much better and more economical fashion. If you want to read those stats, as fascinating as they are, you can check them out, techguide.com.au. Now, I was mentioning streaming services previously in the show, and one of them is uh, KO Sports. We, we, when you think of a streaming service, you, you traditionally think of Netflix and Stan, all these, all these entertainment uh, streaming services. Well, sport is, you know, we live in a sporting nation, so KO Sports, was, uh, which is owned by Foxtel, by the way, is a, a very popular service, just celebrated its first full year of operation. So happy birthday, happy first birthday to KO Sports. They uh, have had a, an amazing first year. They just recently won an award as well for best uh, user interface. I think best user experience was the award they won uh, in Madrid at the OTT Awards. So not bad for the first year in operation. But we, we sat down with uh, Julian. Oh, you'll hear his interview in a moment. But just to, just to let you know, viewers stream more than 65 million hours of content across more than 50 sports in uh, KO's first year of operation. And that included a couple of little events called the Cricket World Cup and the Rugby World Cup. Uh, there have been, in the 12 months, 16,200 live events across 57 sports. So customers on average nearly uh, streaming six hours each week uh, and more than half, so 58%, watching it on their big screen TVs because you can watch it on an app and a tablet, on your phone, whatever, but more than half, so 58% are actually watching it on their telly. So I think KO Sports you can get on your Apple TV. I think some smart TVs you'll be able to access it soon uh, directly. Uh, you can also Chromecast it off your phone or tablet or more than half, 58% are already doing that on their television. Uh, we sat down with Julian Ogren and spoke about the learnings of the first year, what what he what surprised him, and we also talk about one 
absolute super user from stream from New South Wales who streamed the equivalent of 335 days of straight sports viewing. We sat down with Julian for this interview. Well, Julian, thanks for joining us. I should say, first of all, happy birthday, not only to KO, but also to yourself. So happy <laughs> birthday for both ways. Thank you very much, Stephen. Yeah. And, uh, well, let, let's talk about it. KO is a year old. How has the year gone and has it met your expectations? So it's been a, a fantastic um, It's been a fantastic year for year one. And we're actually, it coincided with us actually picking up the um, Best User Experience in the World Award from uh, the Sports Pro from Sports Pro in, in Madrid uh, last week, mm-hmm. and I think that really, you know, that really shows what what a year we've had. You know, everything we did from the from day one, where we were focused on making sure that the customer experience was amazing, right through from signing up to how you watch the game, through to how you manage your service, all those things that we've been optimizing day in day out has really transpired into you know, winning this award and just seeing uh, the reaction to the customers in the Australian market. Now, as Australians, we do love our sport and I'm sure there would have been, uh, the, your first year would have been a pretty steep learning curve and delivering this service to a sport-loving nation. Yeah. Did you feel the pressure there at the start? Absolutely. I think it's that sort of pressure that you um, that really makes you get out of bed every day and everyone here at KO was, was really focused on what we needed to do was to deliver that amazing experience, you know, from day one. Um, we've gone through a full year's calendar. So when you think about it now, um, what we have got is we started off with the cricket and building a cricket audience and then quickly went into the launch of the Winter Codes. And, you know, in four weeks you have the NRL, AFL, uh, Super Rugby, and then you've got uh, Supercars and Formula One all coming off. Um, so we had to hit the ground running with that in, uh, in March, April. And then over the top of that, we had a Cricket World Cup, we had a Basketball World Cup, and then we just finished the Rugby World Cup. And here we are going into cricket again. So, you know, exciting all of those fans of all those codes is, um, you know, mm-hmm. is, has been exciting. And uh, I, I know you're not going to disclose exact subscriber numbers, but I'll just ask the question, are you happy? Very happy. So we've got, um, you know, we have, the, the way we've uh, built the service is, in year one, you've got to remember, we start with no brand awareness. Um, and our agency partners have told us that we've probably been one of the fastest growing um, brands in terms of brand awareness growth in the country in a first year of service. So our objective to there was to just get people to know KO. Second objective then is to get them to consider it. So then, then they is educating them how to use the service mm-hmm. or what benefits you're going to get from it. And then we targeted those key events that came up that I just mentioned earlier, and that's when you trigger them to, to coming onto the service. So in our first full year, we're very happy. Now, I, I do I do notice there were some interesting stats that, that were shared, and in particular this one, the biggest user was from New South Wales streamed 483,360 minutes. My question is, was that you? <laughs> No, we checked it out. It was a real customer. <laughs> you, you know, that actually equates to, I did the math, 335 straight days of viewing. Yeah. So this person either didn't sleep or work or just watch sport the whole time. That's pretty good. He's a super fan. But look, if you, if you look at the average audience, you know, they are, they are, are watching up to seven sports, um, which, which is unique to Australia. You, know, mm. you think about Europe where it's very much football dominant. Yeah. 
Um, and then in the US, you've probably got two to three sports there that really dominate. But here, we take it all. We take all our local sports, we take the European sports and the US sports, and we yeah. embrace it all. Um, we've got people watching, on average, five and a half hours a week over the course of the last 12, mm-hmm. uh, five and a half thousand Five, five and a half hours a week hours, yeah, over, the, over the course yeah. of the last 12 months. Yeah, that's brilliant. And in terms of, like, no surprise that the popular NRL and AFL are obviously very popular, but what, what, what are some of the things that surprised you? What sports have sort of think, oh, I didn't realise that was so popular in Australia? Yeah, we, um, I think um, what we, one of the big learnings we got with, with streaming, and I think this is the, the whole streaming generation, was when the Cricket World Cup came on. You know, you, we started... You naturally start here thinking that this is a domestic Australian um, sport, yeah. you know, and getting those audiences in. So if it was an Australia game, that would be the most, you know, that would be the, the highest take-up game. I think what we learned there is that the games like the Cricket World Cup, whether it be India versus Pakistan or England versus New Zealand, were driving just as much mm-hmm. attention and just as much uh, interest and engagement as an Australian as an Australian game. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, what's, what what KO brings is, you know, it's, it's bringing these segments to life all around the country, all sports fans from all generations, which is exciting. So you, you've got 12 months of learnings now and, and uh, first year under your belt. So obviously, what does the future hold? How, how can it get even better? Yeah. So one of the, one of the key um, stats that we've done, this, that we've achieved this year, uh, is that we've actually um, released over 450 product releases this year. Um, when we did the beta launch 12 months ago, we did 110 iterations of the product in the first mm-hmm. week. Yeah. And I think that's really, it shows you that we are listening to customers and we are improving the product. Um, and what we've, what, what we've, I guess what we've learned is that we've got to continue to do that. Um, it's, it's really not about just building something and implementing it and moving on. Mm-hmm. It's a day in, day out optimization yeah. process for everything you bring on. Um, and I think that that needs to continue and really stand by that user experience that we've, we've now got, that reputation, and now just take the learnings from the full calendar that we've experienced and, you know, take, take all those learnings of what works and, you know, what, mm-hmm. what, what, what worked really well or what could, be worked, what, what could work better and take that into the, the full calendar for next year. Now, what about yourself? You're obviously a sports fan. So who who are the teams you support? I understand, I think you're you're a Rooster supporter, aren't you? Is I that am, right? Yeah. I can remember that the we were. Game, I was a, a, thankfully invited to the <laughs> South's Roosters semi final. I was the winner that. And night. you were cheering in front of me, and I was just sitting quietly in the corner. So it was an awkward night for me, anyway. It was like that for me the week before. I think it was. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, look, I am a, a. The people around here would know that I'm a, I'm a passionate Roosters fan. But I'm also back to uh, back. You got to be happy. Yeah. I'm very happy at the moment, mm-hmm. and um, but I also love uh, motorsport as well. And okay. um, I went down to to Bathurst uh, this um, this year, and it was just an amazing yeah. uh, experience. And once again on Ko, you know what we heard with the you know with the Bathurst viewing it was the first time motorsport fans could see Ford Cam, Holden Cam. Um, race cam, get get all the you know the, the stats on there as well, and watch it all on our on our multi screen, which is fantastic. Absolutely brilliant. Well, congratulations on year one, and uh, best wishes for the future. Thanks for your time. Thank you very much, Stephen. This is Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Netgear. They're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. Now we always upgrade our devices, our smartphones, TVs, and laptops. 
But when was the last time you upgraded your home Wi-Fi? Well, maybe the time is now. It's probably been a while. The future of Wi-Fi is here. It's called Wi-Fi 6. If you watch all your shows on the streaming services and your sport on KO, you need the newest line of high-performance routers from Netgear. It's like giving your streaming the VIP treatment. So roll out the red carpet with the Netgear Nighthawk Wi-Fi 6 routers. They give you ultra-fast speeds and wider coverage throughout your homes. The devices of today and tomorrow demand more. So what you need is high-performance Wi-Fi that can keep up with your entire family. It's the biggest revolution in Wi-Fi ever, and you can be one of the first to have the next generation of Wi-Fi 6 technology with a Netgear Nighthawk router. Turn your Wi-Fi up to 6 with a Nighthawk Wi-Fi 6 router. Go check it out today at netgear.com slash Wi-Fi 6. That's netgear.com slash Wi-Fi and the number 6. And now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennec. Our first review this week is of a pair of headphones, and not just any old headphones, the Bowers and Wilkins PX7 noise cancelling headphones. Now, I've compared these headphones to a luxury car. You know when you know there, there's there are headphones and there are headphones, and Bowers and Wilkins is a premium brand and offer a premium audio experience. But like a car, anyone who's driven or owns a luxury car, they know that it's not just about the outside, the sleek design. The interiors are amazing. There's the latest technology on board, a great smooth ride, and it's it's decades of research and development that that's produced that kind of vehicle. So it's not just paying for a, a particular badge on the car. Think of Bowers and Wilkins, the PX7, as the equivalent to a luxury car in the headphone space. That's how I can describe it. In fact, the headphones are designed, the inspiration behind the design was from a Formula One car. So the, the composite arms that, that, that come down from the headband and connect the ear cups is actually made from woven carbon fibre composite arms. So they offer, as they do in a Formula 1 car, strength and durability. Now, the other design features are this fabric covering the headband and the ear cups, the engraved metal plates on either side. So right away, just looking at it, you see quality. Holding it in your hand, you feel the build quality as well. So uh, right off the bat, you can just tell anyone who's ever used a Bow or heard a Bowers and Wilkins speaker will will know that the 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 development and research that have gone into developing these speakers and in this case the drivers uh, have go back decades. In fact, the PX7 have proprietary forty three point six millimeter drivers, slightly larger than you'd expect on a pair of headphones of this size. And these are the largest of, of any Bowers and Wilkins headphones. And in fact, they've been built and tuned by the very same engineers behind the Bowers and Wilkins speakers used in the world-famous Abbey Road Studios. So you'd expect with those sort of credentials, you're going to get some remarkable quality. And you know what? You certainly do. Uh, now, the, the, the idea, uh, good audio quality is judged a number of ways. It, it's the, the mid and mids and the, and the hinds and the bass and all of that. And while that all sounds great, the whole object is to, is to produce high fidelity. That's where Hi-Fi gets its name, high fidelity. Fidelity being how close to what it originally sounds like can we get it. 
if there's a high fidelity, it's a really good copy of what you'd hear if the band was actually playing in front of you. So Bowers and Wilkins uh, know know what they're doing and have produced some remarkable detail here. And even even when you're playing it, I, I reviewed these at about two-thirds volume and they were still really nice. Like you could hear all the details, cymbals through the drums and the vocals, the guitar, keyboards, all of that. Bass was was on point to the fact that it wasn't just overdone just to say they've got good bass. The bass kind of was uh, respective of the song. So if there was a particularly heavy bass song, and you heard it. If there wasn't, it wasn't in the background anyway because it was, that, that's, that's how good these drivers are. And at two-thirds volume, knowing that you've got that extra volume to play with, that that's a good feeling. That's knowing that you want to you want to really crank it. You can, so you don't really need to have it really loud to hear everything. It's still very detailed, even at two thirds volume, which I thought was very impressive. Now on board, there's technology on board here too. It's the aptX adaptive version of Bluetooth. This codec offers greater resolution because these are wireless headphones. Don't forget, so you're connecting via Bluetooth. So the better that connection, the better quality, the better file quality you're going to get. Uh, so better resolution, uh, higher fidelity. But another advantage is that it has low latency. Now, what does that mean? It means if you've paired, let's say you've paired the Bowers and Wilkins headphones, the PX7s, to your iPad, and you're watching on a flight or wherever you happen to be, a movie. Now, with low latency, what you're hearing will match exactly with what you're seeing. So the lips of the actor talking to you on the screen, what you're hearing is going to match their lip movement. So that, that's low latency. That also applies if you're using these in a gaming situation. So if you're playing a game and you've got these on, being able to hear what you're seeing at the same time means that you can make an instant reaction. That's one thing with gamers will tell you, that that latency is the difference between winning and losing life and death. So the fact that this has got low latency is going to be a welcomed feature. Now, in terms of comfort, these are, remember I told you about the carbon composite, the uh, the, the struts on the side to hold up the ear cups? So they, they not only offer great design, but also that flexibility uh, as well. And like I've got a big head, so the headband flexed really nicely. In fact, it eased up. The more I wore it, the more comfortable it got. So it kind of eased up on me. And it just to demonstrate how strong it is, I could nearly stretch the headband and stretch it out almost flat, so uh, it can handle it. It means it can not only can it hold can handle my big skull, but it means it can look handle your day to day use of this product. So it's not gonna it's not gonna flake out on you. It's strong and it's sturdy and it's reliable. Also very lightweight too, so not not too heavy on your head. You're gonna I forgot I was wearing them. I was just so involved in the music and what I was doing. I, I was for, forgot that I had headphones on in the first place, which is kind of the whole idea. Now, noise cancellation. Of course, these are noise cancelling and can can handle your noisy environments. Gives you the option too of choosing high uh, or low. So you can, if you're in a really noisy environment, you can hit high and it'll try to block everything out. If you're in a low, relative low noisy environment. You can just hit low, or there's an auto mode, which is what I left it on, and it, it decided for itself what level of uh, noise cancellation you were given. But you can control that. There's also a pass-through that allows you to, uh, you press and hold it for a couple of seconds, and 
the outside microphones then activate so you can hear everything that's going on. Someone comes up to talk to you, maybe you're on a plane and the, the flight attendant comes up to you or someone comes up to talk to you, rather than having to take them off, you can just press, hit the pass-through and you'll hear exactly what they're saying and they can hear you, uh, so it's all good. It's also great if you're listening for an announcement, maybe on a platform or in an airport, uh, that's really handy as well. Uh, the other cool feature is that the sensors that uh, they're on that are on board can also detect when you take the headphones off. So if you if you take them off for some for any reason, it'll automatically pause your music, and then the second you put them back on again, it resumes playing playback as well. Uh, another great feature. Now the battery life on these are probably among the best you'll find in a noise cancelling headphone of this price range. These are six hundred dollar headphones, five hundred ninety nine dollars ninety five to be precise. They have a thirty hour battery life. And that's running active noise cancellation the whole time. That's really impressive. That's that's a flight from Sydney to London and another connecting flight. That's enough battery power to last the entire flight. That's really impressive. Comes with a charging cable and an audio cable. So uh, you can charge it up pretty fast. In fact, 15-minute charge will get you enough power for five hours of listening time. Really cool. The cable, obviously, if you want to connect it to an airport, uh, an airline entertainment system, you can do that. Doesn't come with the adapter, you know, those little twin prong adapters. Doesn't come with that. You think spending five hundred ninety nine ninety five, you get that, but you're going to just spend another couple of bucks to buy that. Although some of the latest airlines, though, they allow uh, just a single headphone plug. They, do, if you connect to one plug, it'll still work. So that's pretty good news. Um, the Overall, I think, though, you really get what you pay for here. You get really nice design, uh, beautiful sound, and just this legacy of all this, this, these years and decades of audio development, they all, they've all been poured into these headphones. Really cool. Uh, you can read my complete review at Tech Guide. If you're after a, a pair of luxury headphones, I've called them, the luxury audio experience that you're given, then definitely worth checking out. They're $599.95. If you know someone in your life, if it's not yourself, who really appreciates good audio, Bowers and Wilkins won't let them down. It does really tick all the boxes in terms of audio quality, design, comfort, battery performance. It's all there. And for $599.95, that is good. (laughs) You'd expect that as well. You want to read my complete review, you can check that out at techguide.com. Well, Samsung has finally released another 5G phone, and this time it's the Galaxy A90 5G, its cheapest 5G smartphone. They have had the S10 5G. Uh, the very first 5G phone ever released in Australia. They've also have the Galaxy Note 10 Plus 5G, which is $2,000. I think the S10 5G is about the same price, 2000 as well. Well, the Galaxy A90 5G, its latest version, is $1,049. So nearly half what you'd pay for those other 5G devices, and also one of the cheapest 5G smartphones on the market today. Now, I think there is a Xiaomi 5G handset. Uh, I think it's available through JB Hi-Fi. It is $699. So in terms of the cheapest phone from a major smartphone company, 
this is it. This is the cheapest at a thousand and forty nine bucks. So what do you get for your money apart from five G connectivity? Six point seven inch full HD plus Super AMOLED Infinity U display. Uh, that means it's got a little small notch. It has a triple camera system, which has, includes a 48-megapixel main camera, 5-megapixel and 8-megapixel ultra-wide cameras that make up that rear triple camera system. Selfies also on point, 32-megapixel, uh, pointing out from that tiny little U-shaped notch on the front. Now, a lot of smarts built in here. It, it does inherit a few of the S uh, Galaxy S phones features and capabilities. Has AI capabilities whenever you're using your camera, like uh, Super Steady, Scene Optimizer, and Floor Detector. So uh, when you're taking your selfies, you can hit that beauty mode and look really nice. Now under the hood, you've got a Qualcomm Snapdragon 855 5G mobile platform. Has up to 8 gigabytes of RAM. I think you need a lot of RAM for a 5G phone. 128 gig of storage, which is expandable with a micro SD card. Now, the battery's massive too. 4,500 milliamp hour battery. And that'll get you through probably two days. Also has 25 watt super fast charging when you need to juice up again. And also, for the first time on a non-S or Note phone, you also have Samsung DeX and Microsoft's Your Phone app. So you can connect this to a desktop or a TV and stay productive. You can access your emails, your documents, and then once you unplug your device, nothing is left on that TV or, or PC, but you've still got all your work done. So you can access the full keyboard, the mouse, the whole lot, just by connecting your phone to that particular product. The A90 5G has in-screen fingerprint uh, reader as well. Face recognition, uh, so pretty good, not pretty big, a uh, lot, lot of features, a lot of bang for your buck, 1049 bucks. It's available now through Telstra and Optus, the only two telcos that offer 5G to begin with. Also, selected retailers are selling it as well, 1049 bucks. If you want to check out our review, not our review, our report, you can see that at techguide.com.au. Now, we all still, there's a surprising number of people, especially parents listening right now with school-age children, we do a lot of printing. We still print a lot. And anyone who's got an ink cartridge printer or normal ink cartridge printer will tell you how bloody expensive it is. Am I right, mum and dad? All those assignments you've got to print out. And I remember when my kids were at school, that was a few years ago now, they... I was at JB Hi-Fi every couple of weeks buying a new ink cartridge. Well, that is no longer an issue thanks to products like the Epson EcoTank printer. Now, what these printers allow you to do is, well, they come with two years worth of ink. So it doesn't have a cartridge as such. It does just have a these ink tanks so that you pour, when you set it up, each bottle is poured into a particular tank. So you've got your cyan, magenta, yellow, black. And uh, so what it does, it draws the ink into the printer from these tanks. Now, previously, an ink cartridge printer, the cartridge was also the print head. So that's why they were so expensive, because when you need to do, especially you've got to buy four of them, when you've got to replace all of them, you're replacing the print head as well. 
And that, in in motoring terms, that's like getting a new engine every time you needed an oil change. So no wonder they were so expensive, and no wonder products like EcoTank came along. There is a, a similar product that Canon make as well. But Epson has just launched six new EcoTank printers, so you don't need to buy any ink for two years. Uh, the there's five uh, mono models, so black and white, and there's a single there's one single function color model. So they all run cheaper than a traditional printer. Yes, they might cost a little bit more to begin with, but over the life of the printer, it's going to be way cheaper than a fifty dollar printer you're going to pick up, thinking you've picked up a bargain. For those who have have bought printers like that, they see a printer for thirty nine bucks. I'm going to buy that. Little do they know that the cartridges, the ink cartridges that are included are probably only half full. They're smaller capacity. So you'll need to buy cartridges pretty soon after you buy it. And then when you buy all the, the cartridges, you end up spending more money on the cartridges than you paid for the printer in the first place. So it'd be actually cheaper to buy a new printer, would you believe, than get new cartridges. That's not the case, though, with the EcoTank. You can, uh, you can get up to two years printing, as I said. Enough ink to last two years. Replacement bottles, though, start at just $14.99. So that's for, for black. And when you're printing, the, the, you can print up to 3,600 black and white, 6,500 color pages, and that's the equivalent of 139 cartridges. So it is worth investing a little bit more upfront for a product like this than spending all that money throughout the life of a printer that is just going to, at the end of the day, at, in the long run, in the, if you compare costs over two years, you're going to be spending way more on that cheaper or alleged cheaper printer than on a product like the Epson EcoTank. There are five mono black and white printers and the color multifunction as well. The uh, the mono printers can print up to five thousand black and white pages, uh, and no, so the black bottle is twenty four ninety nine. The color bottles, which are slightly smaller, are fourteen ninety nine. So that even that's cheaper than a cartridge, and that's going to last you two years. Now they start the mono et eleven hundred and ten is two hundred ninety nine bucks. The color m thirty one eighty is five hundred nineteen dollars. But they all have this eco tank system, two years worth of ink. In fact, there is a Black Friday slash Cyber Monday deal that's hopefully still running when you hear this. I'm recording this on a Monday, where it'll allow you to purchase a second eco tank printer for one dollar online. There's a link on my story on Tech Guide, uh, so you can see the printers and all of those page stats that I spoke about. If you want to check all of those out, you can see that at Tech Guide. .com.au This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Norton, the company that can keep you and your family and your devices safe online. Now, in a world where you're constantly connected, cyber attacks are more prevalent than ever. Everything from phishing scams and ransomware to online predators and big data tracking your every move. Cyber threats have evolved, though, which is why Norton has as well. New Norton 360 gives you next-level protection, combining the power of device security with a secure VPN to help keep you 
and your family safe and private online. New Norton 360 offers all-in-one protection for your devices and online privacy. They're available now at leading retailers or au.norton.com. And now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. The Tech Guide Help Desk is brought to you by Belkin, uh, our mates at Belkin. If you're after a charger, some cables, all those essentials you need for your for your phone, you can check it out, belkin.com forward slash au. A couple of questions we've had on the Tech Guide Help Desk. One was an interesting one, and this kind of illustrates the fact that you know, we take so many photos with our phones, our digital cameras, but how often do we print them? So I had a question from one of my readers asking about how do you print a photo book? So the idea of a photo book is to send off your, your images and you can design a book, then they print it, publish it, and send it back to you. So it's, it's a lovely gift. As we're coming into Christmas, that would be a beautiful gift for, say, uh, I don't know, a grandparent, there's pictures of grandkids, and, and it's it's a lovely little keepsake that is all based on all the digital photos that you've taken. Now, there are numerous places where you could do this. I think Apple at one point offered this service. The one I've seen, the Vistaprint, uh, does a pretty good job here, but there are so many online. But I just wanted, the reason I'm talking about it is because a lot of people aren't aware that you can actually do this. Try, trying to do this yourself and actually have a book at the end of it uh, is is not easy to do. Hence the reason why these services exist, and the result will surprise you. It is a beautiful result, uh, a beautiful gift, as I said. So keep an eye on that. If you do want to check it out, check out Vistaprint. Of, uh, I haven't written about it, but uh, check them out. You can easily find them. But uh, it does make uh, the, the results will surprise you how, how nice and how you can design. It lets you design the books and how many pictures you want per page, what you want on the cover, and uh, all of these, all the layout options and all the templates you can choose from. It is a beautiful thing to do and will make a lovely gift. Now, the other question I had was from an Optus customer, and uh, they were asking about a service that was offered on Optus Cable. And now, me being a former Optus Cable customer myself, I actually had this service, which was called Speed Boost. For an extra 20 bucks a month, I paid for as long as I was an Optus Cable customer, I was on this Speed Boost service. So... But I had no point of reference. I, I wasn't aware whether it was actually making a difference or whether I was just donating 20 bucks a month extra to Optus. But uh, my Optus cable service, though, was ultra-reliable, ultra-fast. I was sometimes getting over 100 megabits per second download speeds back then. I'm now on the NBN with Optus through fibre to the curb. Uh, the question is, though, from one of my readers, is asking, is there a speed boost option on the NBN? Uh, the simple answer to that is no, because now on the NBN and, and through Optus, which was the only company that was offering this, you can now choose your speed pack. So in my case, I chose the 100 up, uh, down, 40 up, and uh, that was one point, by the way, too. With the cable, I had terrific download speeds, but upload speeds were rubbish. I'd be lucky to get one megabit per second. Now I'm, I'm on the 140 plan, so I'm getting uh, on average like 93, 94 down and about 36, 35 up, which is a way better than what I was getting before. But uh, just to re-answer that question, no no speed boost. You just choose your speed. Go to the 100, 100 down, 40 up. That would be, the, I think, the equivalent on the NBN 
of a speed-boosted Optus plan. And, of course, you're not restricted to using Optus either, by the way. You can choose the 140 down, uh, 100, 100 down 40 up plan through Telstra, through Aussie Broadband, through TPG, whoever you want. Uh, as long as they, uh, if they're offering that plan, then go for it. You can try it. But Speed Boost, unfortunately, a thing of the past. Only if you're still clinging onto your Optus cable. I know the Optus cable in my suburb uh, was purchased by the NBN. It is a HFC cable, by the way, so hybrid fibre coaxial. But the NBN chose not to use it. Instead, in my area and in many others, they chose to wire uh, to to roll out fibre to the curb. So fibre running down the footpath in front of my house and from the pit into my home, uh, the copper line, that existing copper line brings the internet into my house. And I know whenever I mention copper, people think, oh, God, help us, it's too slow. Well, that hasn't been the case for me. I've, it's only about like a seven or eight metre connection from the street from the pit through the copper line into my house, and it's been great. I haven't had any complaints at all. Good speeds, both down and up, and uh, that will hopefully continue. So, uh, yeah, speed boost, forget that. Photo books, definitely a, a, a brilliant gift idea. Uh, check it out if you want to. You're listening to Tech Guide. And that's our show for this week. Everything we've spoken about you can find at our website, techguide.com.au. And we'd love to hear from you. Either send us an email, info at techguide.com.au. You can press the icon, got a tech question. There's a big uh, icon on the on the front, on the homepage. Or if you're feeling really brave, record your question using VoiceBite. Hit the record button and you'll be able to record your question right there on the Tech Guide's homepage. And I will receive that question and play it on the show, and answer it live on the show as well. We want to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Thanks once again for listening. We look forward to you joining us again next week. So until then, as we always say, stay safe and stay connected.